everyone. So good to be here today sharing with you guys. How have you guys been? I'm sure you guys have been doing very okay. I've missed every one of you, every citizen. I can't wait for this to end so we can all hug each other and just spend time together, you know. It's good to be here. Okay, and today, the good thing is today we are starting a very new series tagged Against All Odds. I'm super excited about this series because I know that God is about to do something great in your life. After the series, you're going to come out strong, better, and victorious in Jesus' name. So this is going to run for the next four weeks. Make sure you um, watch every um, segment of the series. Make sure you participate. Make sure you watch. Okay. So let's get right into it. So today, our focus is going to be on spiritual growth against all earths. Remember, this topic is against all earths. But we're going to focus on spiritual growth against all odds against all odds what does against all odds mean it means um achieving things when everything seems unlikely when things seem very impossible you know when things seem difficult and a lot of setbacks and you know when you're able to achieve something that's when they say you've gone against all odds okay so today we're going to be focusing on spiritual growth growing up spiritually against every setback against every um circumstance against every unlikely situation and events you know that's what i'm going to be focusing on today if i continue i need you to grab your pen and paper because i'm going to be teaching i need you guys to write down have an open mind god is going to speak into you today okay so let's get right into it i want to assume that most of us watching are born again christians you know so we're already on a path um, on spiritual growth spiritual growth is a process it's a process of becoming more like jesus it's a process of becoming more mature in our relationship with God. God wants us to grow spiritually as Christians. He doesn't want us to remain as babies. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 verse 30 that um, that he may increase, that I may decrease. So it means God, Jesus has to increase in our lives for us to grow spiritually. God wants us to grow spiritually like I said earlier. I am a mother of um, three boys and I have two, two boys that just turned nine months. And I love them as babies, you know. I love cuddling them, I love kissing them all day. But I don't want them to remain as babies, trust me. In the next five years, if they're still babies, I'll be worried. Everybody will be worried. They are meant to grow. Same way with us as Christians. We are we are meant to grow spiritually as children of God. We are not meant to remain stagnant. We are meant to grow. That's what God desires for us. The Bible says that he that began this good work in us will bring it to completion. So it means it's a process. So God wants us to grow spiritually and we must keep growing. So you may ask, for those that are just giving their lives to Christ, how can I grow spiritually? Very easy. You need to pray. When you pray, you spend time with God, you study the Bible, you fellowship with other Christians, you know, you spend time worshiping, you serve in your local church. Those are ways you can grow up spiritually. Spiritual growth is very important, you know, it is very important. I'm taking you back to the basics before we get um, to where we are going to in this message today. Spiritual growth is very important. Don't allow anyone to tell you that, oh, it's not important. And don't ever get to a point in your life where you think that you're now very mature as a Christian, that you don't need to grow again. Growth is progressive. Spiritual growth is progressive. Nobody can stop growing spiritually. That's what I want you to know today. Spiritual growth can never end. So you must keep growing spiritually. And now in the world we are in today, there are a lot of distractions, you know. So many distractions, so many noise, like so much noise. When you fast-paced environment, like everything is happening so fast, 
by the time you wake up, before you know the day is over, and you'll be wondering how the time just fly. And you don't even spend time opening your Bible, you never even prayed, you've not done anything spiritual, in quotes. You know, that's the kind of world we are in. There's so much distraction. Social media, we're now in a social media generation. Everybody's on social media. People just wake up, the first thing they pick up is their phone. <laughs> you know, some people are just next watching Netflix and they're just chilling all their lives, you know. It's a very busy world and there are a lot of distractions, you know. But that is the odds that we're facing in court. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to go against all these seeming odds. He wants us to go against the seeming distractions, okay. So we're going to be looking at the things that um, get in the way of our spiritual growth, the things that, that are seeming odds, that are seeming distractions. Now, the truth is, these things I'm going to talk about, uh, some of them are actually legit reasons, you know. But those are the tricks that the devil is trying to use to deceive you, to stop you from going spiritually. The devil doesn't want you to grow spiritually. The day you decide that I'm going to grow spiritually, I'm going to start studying my Bible, I'm going to start praying, the day you decide to fast, that's when you, that's when all the forces on earth will come against you, you know. Well, so let's just share the setbacks. The first one is distractions. Ah, this generation are so distracted. <laughs> so many things are distracting us. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything trending. If you're not careful, you'll just be distracted. You just go follow the trends and just get distracted. Entertainment. Now that, you know, there's um, a lockdown, everybody's subscribing to Netflix, everybody's watching Netflix, everybody's just wasting their time going up and down, watching movies, watching series, you know. Even work can be a distraction. Sometimes you, you, you work, like some people work, like they just have like serious work to do, you know. Their business, some people are budding entrepreneurs, they're just trying to build their business, so it's taking their time, you know. It could even be your family, like me and married, I have three children and they're all under five. And sometimes really difficult, you know juggling everything and also trying to, you know, grow spiritually. It could be difficult, but God doesn't want us to remain distracted. Let's read the Bible, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. I'm going to read from the NLC version. It says, as Jesus and the disciples, disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. You know, Martha was preparing it. She was making food for Jesus. Jesus came to visit. I mean, Jesus, the Lord God Almighty came to visit, you know. And Martha was making food. She was distracted by it. Was it legit thing she was doing? I mean, how Jesus, Jesus would come to my house. I would go all out for him. She was making food for him. But her sister, she came, let me verse 46. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So Martha was distracted by what she was doing, but Jesus said that it's just one thing that is very important. And Mary has found it. What is that thing? spending time with Jesus. Mary was listening to Jesus. She wasn't cooking. Yeah, Jesus needed to eat, but she was doing the most important thing. Jesus said that is the most important thing, that's spending time with Jesus. I remember for us to grow spiritually, we must spend time with Jesus. We must, you know, leave all the distractions, focus on Jesus to grow spiritually. So if you want to grow spiritually, you need to spend time with Jesus. Jesus just said it here. The second thing that gets in the way 
of spiritual growth is challenges. I mean, sometimes we, we like just have we have like just challenges. You know, we're faced with challenges, sickness. Right now, COVID nineteen is plaguing the whole world. Could be hard times, financial issues. Could be health issues. Could be family issues. We may have like just challenges, and it might be a setback. It might affect you from going spiritually, but it shouldn't be so. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter sixteen, verse thirty three, that um, you know, Jesus said that in this world we face tribulations, in this world we face challenges, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus has already assured us that he has overcome the world, he has overcome every challenge that we face, you know. So that shouldn't stop us from going spiritually. Another um, thing that gets in the way of our spiritual growth is opposition. As young people, we face a lot of opposition, you know. The day you decide that you want to grow spiritually, that's when you face all opposition ever. That's the day your friends will come after you, your family will come after you. You know, I remember when I was in school, when I just gave my life to Christ, I was very passionate for God, you know. I was always going for all the programs, any event I'm going, I'm always attending programs, services. My father called me one day and said, Lady, this kid is not the same. I think she's supposed to go and study. I didn't say you go and chase God, you know. That was a very good advice. Came from a you know, a very good place, you know. But if I had listened completely to my dad, I wonder where I would be right now. I'm sure I'd have just been focusing on school, 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 and I'll stop going I'll stop going to church. And I probably won't be here sharing with you today. You know, but I decided to, you know, still focus on God regardless. I, I although I had to put a balance, you know, but I didn't let that stop me. So I'm just saying the opposition will come. People will tell you, your own is too much. Hey, you like church. Only you're carrying church on your head. And only you go church path. People will tell you all those things. So which point of view, you know, the day you decide to fast, that day you'll be very hungry. Haven't that happened to you before? Like, well, this week, I made up my mind. First night, I thought I was going to eat fast. That's when I fell ill somehow. I became down. I know you're down. Food is not, you want to eat, you know, to get yourself, you know. That's when you'll face a lot of opposition. The day you decide to read your Bible, that's when sleep will come. You'll feel sleepy. You'll, see, you'll find yourself sleeping more than ever. And all these things are not normal. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's the devil. It's the devil that is trying to stop you from going spiritual. It's the one that is trying to distract you. It's the one that is bringing all these setbacks, all these odds, you know. He's the one doing all these things. But it's up to us to still decide that we're going to grow regardless of all these things coming our way. So the next thing that could get in the way of our spiritual growth is fear of missing out, FOMO. As young people, we feel that um, being spiritual is not cool. We feel that, you know, when people see us as being spiritual, they just feel that we're too spooky, you know. Just feel that we're just, you know, being overly dramatic, you get up. That is intro, that's the lie of the devil. The devil wants you, doesn't want you to grow. So he's going to put this as a lie in your head. Let me tell you the truth. Being spiritual is the coolest thing ever. Don't let anybody deceive you. When you're spiritual, you're very cool. Do you know what it means to be like Jesus? Because remember that's what spiritual growth is about, becoming more like Jesus. So imagine operating the frequency of Jesus. Imagine having a crazy mind like Jesus. Imagine healing the sick working in divine health, you know, imagine performing miracles, imagine, you know, working on water, in quotes, imagine doing all that, imagine where you'd be, imagine how you'd be living, imagine having a very amazing attitude, you're, you're living, you're exhibiting the fruits of the spirit, when people see you, the fruits of the spirit are evident in your life, you're working in love, you have a joyful, joyful disposition, you're so peaceful, you're gentle, I mean, I want to hang out with such persons, so don't let anybody deceive you, 
experience with her is very cool. You're not missing out anything. You're not missing out a single thing. I was working for Pastor M um, recently. She had a, an interview on IG Live with one of her men, her pastors, Pastor Timmy. And she said that someone asked her, when she just gave her life to Christ, she had this fear as well, you know. She was losing her friends, you know. And then God gave her a word, which I'm going to share with you guys today. It's in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. The NLT version says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. So this word, you know, resonated with me because it shows that I will not be put to shame because I'm serving God. I will not be put to shame because I am serving because I've decided to pursue God. I will not be put to shame. I will not be embarrassed because I've decided to do what is right. Because I've decided to pursue God actively. That's that's the assurance. For me, this is an assurance. God is telling that you will not be put to shame. So don't be scared of missing out. God has a better plan for your life. When you walk with, when when you go spiritually, you'll be led by God. And things, good things will keep happening in your life because you're hearing from God directly. So you're not missing out from anything. Don't be deceived, okay? Instead, try to go spiritually. Remember, it is super cool to be spiritual. Then um, the last but not the least point is sin. The truth is, sin makes us feel guilty. You know, whenever we sin, we feel very guilty. We feel far from God. The devil makes us um, feel very bad. The devil condemns us. But God has already forgiven, forgiven us in advance. That's why he sent us his son. So sin can actually affect your spiritual growth. Now, I know that God has already forgiven us. This is not, an event. This is not encouraging you to continue living in sin because you know God has already forgiven. The Bible says that, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We will not live in sin. However, if we fall, we know that God has already forgiven us. The Bible says that the righteous shall fall seven times and he will stand up. So get up. Even if you done anything god has already forgiven you get up i'll um i'll quickly i'd like to read a scripture in the book of hebrews hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 it says that um let us go right into the presence of god with sincere hearts fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water Bible says that our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. So we shouldn't feel guilty anymore. You know, if you, if you sin, rise up and still grow spiritually. Don't let it deter you. Don't let it get in the way. Okay? So I'm going to be quickly sharing how to overcome this setbacks, how to overcome these odds, these odds, the seeming odds. Number one, if you're going to grow spiritually against all odds, you must desire it. The first one is desire. The first point is desire. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter 2 verse 2 that as newborn babies, we must desire the sincere milk of the word of God that we may grow. The key words here, desire and grow. So for you to grow, you must desire it. You must be hungry for it. You must have a genuine hunger for spiritual growth. If not, you will not grow spiritually. Imagine if your phone gets missing and you know that everything you do, you're an entrepreneur, you work with your phone, everything you do is, you know, happens on this on your phone. You know, you, it means you desire a phone. You desire to get a phone. That money, the money needed will come because you desire it. That's the same with spiritual goods. You have to desire it for it to come. Bible, um, Bible talks about David. David said that as a deer panted for the water, so my soul longs after you. David was a man chasing after God. He had a strong desire. And that's, and that's what God expects, us, expects from us. We must desire spiritual growth if you want to grow. Okay. 
the Bible says in Colossians that we must set our affection on things above. So if you want to grow spiritually, your affection must be set on things above. You must desire it. Now the second way to overcome the setbacks is you must be intentional about it. You must be deliberate, you must be intentional about it. If you want to go, you must be intentional. You can't just say, oh, I want to go spiritually, I want to go spiritually. You're not doing anything about it. You wake up every day, the first thing is your phone, that your prayers, you know. You just continue your day like that. No, you must make plans to grow. You must make plans to study your Bible, make plans to read your Bible, make plans to pray, make plans to fast. You don't have to wait for the church to call on you fast. Make plans to attend services. Now that everything is online, now that there is no physical church, you make plans. You know, a lot of people, when I ask people, oh, I didn't see you, did you attend online service? They'll tell me, oh, no, they didn't have data. You have to plan. It's deliberate. They want to grow spiritually. You must plan it. You know that on Sundays, we are going to stream, service is going to hold in church in DCC and transformation by 6 p.m., yes? You know that we're having TM shows. You know that we have prayer meetings via Zoom on Tuesday. Those days, you'll plan to buy data and watch those services. If not, you won't go. That's how you, you grow. You must be intentional about it. The deliberate thing. You can't just say, oh, I don't have data. So when the day passes, on a regular day, you now subscribe. You must plan to attend services. You must plan to pray. You must be intentional about it. You must write it down. You can, you can set goals. I can remember we did the series spiritual goals in this. You just set goals for yourself. Today I will pray. I will study the Bible. I will listen to messages. I will read so so and so books. These are ways that you go spiritually, but it must be a deliberate effort. Okay. And the third thing, which brings me to my next point, it's not, it's, you know, it's not okay to just plan. You can just plan, 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 but you must act on your plans. Which brings me to my third point, which is um, being committed to it. You must be committed to it. Remember, the first point is that you must desire it. The second one is you must be intentional about it. And the third one is that you must be committed to it. Commitment requires discipline. You must be disciplined to grow. You can't be sleeping anyhow. You wake up. All the sleep you've been sleeping, what has it done for you? You can't just be sleeping anyhow. You must make plans to You can't just be lazy about your spiritual growth. You can't be lazy about it. You must make plans to go. You must be committed to it. If you say you wake up to pray, wake up and pray. You know how you take TV seriously? When Money Eyes came out, everybody was posting about it. Everybody was so excited about it. That's how you should take your spiritual growth. You should, make, you should see it as important because the spiritual controls the physical. You know, So you must be committed to it, be disciplined to it. You know, I'm going to read a scripture in First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. It says, um, "I discipline my body like an athlete." This is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, "I discipline my body like an athlete." This is Paul he was saying it, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after picking to others, I might, I myself might be disqualified. God forbid. God forbid that we'll be disqualified after preaching to others. But we'll discipline our bodies. So if for you to go spiritually, you have to discipline your body. Discipline yourself to pray. Discipline yourself to study. The, even if it's just one chapter a day. You're growing. Just like eating rice. You might be eating rice today. Eating rice every day. Eating rice, eating rice, eating rice. You may not see the um, effect. But trust me, if you continue eating rice every day, in another one month, your tummy will be very big. <laughs> it will show. That's the way it is, the spiritual growth. You might be studying your Bible, you might not be feeling it. You might not, you know, it might not be interesting to you, but, but stay at it, be committed to it. Now that one wants to see a difference in your life. Spiritual growth cannot be hidden, we'll see it. But you must be committed to it, you must be disciplined to, you know, to it. You must stay committed to it. 
So spiritual growth is very important, very important, you know. God doesn't want us to remain stagnant. If you are not going, you'll be stagnant. And you know what we do to stagnant water? We throw it away. Remember, if you leave water in a place for a long time, by the time you touch the water, the bucket is slimy, you know, it's it's just so messy and you begin to trash it. That's the same way it is. We don't we're not going spiritually. God forbid I will be thrown away, you know. So guys, you need to take spiritual God seriously. You need to go. Regardless of all the challenges I mentioned, challenges, obstacles, distractions, make sure you're going spiritually. Stay committed to going spiritually. Don't give in to the challenges. Don't give in to the distractions. And don't give up either. Stay committed to going spiritually. It's very important, okay? So in conclusion, I'd like us to make an affirmation, okay? Just say after me. I then put your name, Amarachi, will go spiritually against all odds. I'm going to say it again. I will go spiritually against all odds. The last time, Amarachi will go spiritually against all odds. For you to grow spiritually, you need to be born spiritually. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, you want to know God more, you want to start this journey of spiritual growth, I'd like to say a short prayer with you. So just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you, you resurrected for me. And today I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Come into my life and have your way in my life. Thank you that I am born again. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hooray, you're now born again. There's a party going on in heaven right now, you know. So just continue attending services, continue in this path, continue listening to God's word, and I'm, I'm sure that you'll go spiritually. Okay, so I'm just going to say a quick prayer for everyone. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you for grace to go spiritually. We thank you for your word that sees that it's you that works in us, both to will and to do your good pleasure. We thank you because you're working in us to do your pleasure. You're working in us to grow spiritually. We receive the grace to stay committed to this path. We receive the grace to grow spiritually. We receive the grace to pray, to study the word, to spend time with you, to spend time fellowship with other believers. We receive the grace to serve you. Receive the grace to walk and do your word. Thank you, Father, for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for watching. I hope to see you guys next week. Please make sure you tune in for the remaining um, parts of this series. And also this week, I want to challenge you to commit to going spiritually. Set a goal and do the goal. You know, set a goal to study your Bible to pray and make sure you do it. And please feel free to share with me. I'm willing to hear from you guys. So thank you so much for joining me. See you guys next week. Bye. Hello, people. How are you guys doing? Good to be here. Hope you are enjoying our Against All Odds series. And I'm believing that you have been blessed so far. Today, I'll be bringing you today's word talking about succeeding financially against all odds. And before we go into today's word, let's just say a prayer. Father Lord, we thank you for another day. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in your presence. Father Lord, as we are bringing today's word to your people, speak your word to somebody. Touch somebody's finances and liberate them financially today. Thank you, Lord Jesus for your answer in Jesus' name. 
So guys, today's text will be taken from Genesis 26. Um, Genesis 26 happens to be uh, the story of somebody in the Bible that I, I can relate with. The story of Isaac. All around us these days, we see people talking about losing their jobs. We hear people talking about um, this COVID-19. You know, people are being laid off. People's businesses are not open. Um, some people have even lost their businesses. Some people have lost a lot of things just because of the crisis that is going on around the world. But I'm just here to tell you that you are not going to be the first. And Isaac had experienced this. Let me take um, the first text I'll be reading. I'll be reading from Genesis 26. I'll read from verse 1 to 4. NLT. And it says, A severe famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Jerah, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. Verse 4 says, I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Let me just give you background gist about Isaac. Abraham had Isaac when he was 100 years old. Uh, the, um, Abraham was God's friend and God had promised him a lot of things. But this time, this period, there was a lot of drought. There was a lot of famine in the land. And a lot of people were fleeing. A lot of people were going to Egypt. Just the same way a lot of people want to escape Nigeria. A lot of people want to go to Canada. A lot of people want to escape all the things happening here. A lot of people were fleeing. A lot of people could not even... People, livestock was perishing. A lot of people could not feed. People were dying. People were hungry. And God told Isaac that he should stay in that same land. He should stay in that same land and Isaac obeyed. There are some pointers we will take from today's message. And I want you to, as, as I'm reading some of these texts, I will be explaining some of the things that I want us to take away from today's word. God told him that do not go to Egypt, but do as I tell you. As you are in this land, he said he should sow in that land. He should sow in that recession. He said that he should sow in that drought, in that famine, in this COVID-19 season, where you, your businesses have been closed. In this COVID-19 season, probably you've lost your job. Probably your salary has been cut into half. Probably you can't even take care of yourself, not to talk of taking care of your family. But God is telling you, as he told Isaac, that you should stay in that land. First pointer is that 
you must obey. You must listen to the word. You must know God for yourself. You must listen to him. When he tells you to do something, I'm sure Isaac's friends will have been telling him that uh, uh -uh, in, this, in this soil that is not productive, in this land that is not fertile, uh -uh, uh -uh, use your head now. How would you sow in this land and you will reap? But let's go to verse 6 so that I'll show you what Isaac did. Let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. Isaac obeyed. He stayed in that land. He stayed there. Sometimes, you know, some of us, God will tell us to do something and we will be thinking about, we'll try to rationalize it. We'll try to find a way to, ah, but this thing cannot work now. If you if it's not one plus one, it's one plus one is two now. How will I do this? What is God telling you to do today? What is God telling you to do? Who is, where is he telling you to go? Is he telling you that it's Canada that you should go to? Is he telling you to stay in that business? Is he telling you that you should persist in that business? A friend of mine was sharing, um, she had, a, she had a business where they make um, t-shirts and all of that. She had started getting jobs, you know. She used to, she, she initially started making children's clothes. So she metamorphosed the business into making shirts, t-shirts um, for companies, for individuals and all of that. And, you know, during the, I think about in March or in April, when the lockdown was going to begin, you know, contacts, that, you know, businesses that she had already even been paid for had to be cancelled. And she thought to herself that, I'm losing money, I'm losing this. What do I do? Even before the craze of this, um, nobody even knew then that um, when they were going to ease the lockdown, they were going to mandate everybody once you are going out in public to wear masks. She just thought of the idea and she started making masks. And she started personalizing it started making colorful ones, started making cool ones. And before you knew it, because she obeyed, because she listened, before you knew it, when government was going to ease the lockdown, they mandated every one of us to wear masks in public. And she's selling. In fact, she has sold to the extent that now she's, she's making masks and giving it out for free. She's making even masks for people in the front line, for medical people in the front line. So the catch here is that she obeyed. Okay, let's go further into the word. We'll read now from same Genesis 26, verse 12 to 14. So, God told Isaac to sow in that land, and Isaac sowed. And he said, when Verse 12 says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, heads of cattle, and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Isaac was a foreigner in that land. Even the owners of the land, even the indigents, became jealous of him. He was so wealthy. In the land that there was drought, in the land that there was famine, 
people people are making money even in this period this period that they are saying there's a casting down you know businesses are closed i know businesses that are thriving this period um where i work one of my customers just before this all um before um covid19 became full-blown around the world he just went into a new line of business he sells um medical disposables he started selling gloves you know all these gloves latest gloves and the man as we speak is cleaning out he said he doesn't even need to take any facility from any financial institution he has the money to fund the business just within the space of two two months so if god is telling you to sow if god is telling you to do something do it because as he has said that word everything will work around making that word come to pass so if god is telling you to sow if god gives you a word he gives you a promise he's telling you so stay in that land stay in that business everything will work together to make that word come to manifest they said it's not in man that he will lie so whatever it is that he tells you to do once you can obey first get the word second obey as isaac sowed he reaped in multiple folds like never before he became wealthy being rich is different from being wealthy he became wealthy he says in in terms of flocks of sheep heads of cattle those were those those were the ways they measured wealth you know the way now you talk about people having private jets people having um, palatial homes people having mansions properties businesses that was how wealthy he was and he was even a foreigner in that land so if god tells you to do something everything will agree whether what is our word this year in this essay it says all things are now ready i see some people's um, I, put, I see some people's instagram post and they say ah let's just cancel this 2020 or let's just cancel this 2020 uh, if god has given you what this 2020 amidst all this crisis you will cash out amidst all this crisis you will i always like to tell my wife that i will blow you will blow literally so if god gives you a word obey and do what he told you a lot of people will have thought about isaac as being somebody that uh, this guy is out of his mind is out of his senses but he did what god told him to do and even the indigents were jealous of him let's read further let's go to um genesis 26 26 to 28. i just wanted to so okay let me just give you some background so after he became very wealthy you know the the philistines became very jealous of him they they try it's just like what happens where sometimes you have um when sometimes you are prospering and you see that some people are they are beefing you before you know there's competition that has come into where you are and the person before you know maybe there's a government regulation that is against your business 
or there's something that happens against your business while you are prospering. Let's 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 go to let's go to that verse. You see what I'm saying? On verse 26 says, one day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor. They had pursued um, Isaac out of the land. You know, he had, they had chased him away. They had frustrated his business. They had frustrated him away, and he had gone. He had left, and when he left, because of that, God's promise and his thing and listening to God's word. He was blessed where he was again. So listen, he says, One day, King Abimelech came from Jera with his advisor, Ahuzat, and also Fikor, his army commander. He, he told them, Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. You know, you know the kind of blessing that even your enemies will recognize the hand of God in your life. Even your enemies will say, ah, now God hand do this one. Even your enemies will say that this must be God. You know the kind of blessings you have that it will not only be a testimony, it will be it will be evangelism. The kind of blessing that people know that no human arrangement, no human arrangement can make this thing possible. The kind of blessing that when people see it, they want to know that which God you deserve now. So, like I said, going over everything about the story of Isaac. Isaac got the word first so you must know God for yourself so that when God is talking to you you can hear directly that's one Isaac heard the word Isaac obeyed obedience despite what is happening Isaac obeyed Isaac sold despite the conditions despite um, the recession Despite the fact that all his colleagues had already migrated to Canada. Despite the fact that people were closing down those business lines. And they were saying, no, this business, no, they work again. Make I go do another business. Or make I go, make I go do something else. Whether you don't have inheritance from your father. Whether you don't have the qualification. Just do some of these things. As young people, we cannot say that we'll sit down and be idle. Um, faith without work is dead. So, if you have to learn a trade, go and learn a trade. If you have to learn a skill, go and learn a skill. These days, people are learning even how to make shoes, how to make belts, how to make um, clothes. Learn a skill, learn a trade. Apply for a job. You don't have to wait as a young person. Apply for it. It is in doing something that you will be blessed. You don't have to be idle. Learn a trade. Learn a skill. Apply for a job. Start a business. There are so many businesses that even with small money, you can start. There are so many businesses. There are even businesses now 
that you can be helping other people sell their own stuff and you'll be getting commission. It is in doing all these things that the blessing can come. If Isaac did not sow, there will be no blessing. If Isaac was idle, there will be no blessing. He could have waited to even die and be hungry. But he took that bold step and he sowed. And he reaped a hundredfold. So it's important that we should not let the economy hold us back. We should not let our family background hold us back. It's important that we should not let what people will say deny us the opportunity to be blessed. God is still in the habit of blessing people. His word is yes and amen. It is our life forever. It says it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. The same God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob is still doing wonders. People are still being blessed. People are turning from thousandaires to millionaires in this crisis. People are turning from millionaires, moving into billions in this crisis. People are learning how to even make, make um, these ventilators. I was reading something online and somebody was fabricating ventilators. People are still doing all these things. So, we have no excuse. We have no, there should be nothing stopping us from doing what God is telling us to do. And for us to be able to do all these things, what is the most important thing first? We must give our life to Christ. For you to be able to even hear God, for you to be able to even obey his word, you must know the word and you must know it for yourself. For you to be able to discern when God is telling you. For you to be able to sow when he wants you to sow. For you not to miss it by running away from Nigeria and going to another country. Some people don't even know that there are some people in Nigeria, some of us in Nigeria are better off than those people where they want to run to. So for you to be able to even do all those things that I have listed in those steps, there's a step you must take first. And that step is giving your life to Christ. Give me the opportunity to be the one to lead you to Christ. Give me the opportunity to be the one to let you know that even you can succeed financially even in these times. We'll say a prayer together now. I just want you to say these words after me. Father Lord, today I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that I have sinned. I pray that you forgive me for all my sins. And today I declare that I'm born again and I sin no more. Today, I declare you as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, you've given your life to Christ. You are born again. Look for a good Bible-believing church. Follow services online. 
listen to the word, soak yourself in messages, read the word, read the Bible. Look for Christian friends. There are so many of them around, Christian friends, that will help you build up your faith. And feel free to contact us at Transform Nation. We are here to pray with you. We are here to support you. We are here to, we are here to encourage you. Thank you for joining today's service. I hope you've been blessed. Join us every Sunday evening, 6 p.m. on our IG page and on our YouTube channel for other power-packed services on succeeding against all odds. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful night rest. Are you welcome in the first step? Yes, I am. Okay. But since you're here, I'll be going now because I don't want to be late for service like um, last time. So, all right. Hey, citizens. Ah, we are back again. Welcome to service again. And it has been so amazing. I mean, I've learned a lot moving from point A to point B, knocking down stops and all against our odds. I mean, it's been amazing. <laughs> Uh, uh, I need to rush up to service. Talk to your Hey, hey, you forgot to mention something. Oh, hey guys. I guess you forgot to remind you guys to pay close attention. I know learning online is different from being physically present in church. So put away all distraction and key into the world as it comes. Service is about to start. Let's go.
Nation, hope you've been enjoying the service so far. I have, I've been blessed. I'm sure you have also. Um, it's good to be here again. It's good to be in God's presence, just sharing with you and just being with being with you guys online. Um, we've been talking about against all odds, and today is the third week. We're going to continue on that. So today we're going to be dealing with people against all odds. People. Hmm. I love people because. You can't do without people. Yeah, I, I mean, collectively, we are what, what you call people. And one thing we realize that you actually need people to do certain things. You need people to do things in life. You need people to... I don't think you can have a goal in life or you, you can have a, uh, a mandate, a vision for life that doesn't involve people, one way or the other. For instance, if you want to make money, you have an idea you want to sell. Who are you selling it to? People who will buy it. People who will sell it for you, people. So, you know, that's just an example. But my point is, you, you need people all around you to do so many things. And getting along with people or, you know, being in that people space, in quotes, is sometimes very difficult. It could be, an, it could be challenging. Um, I mean, I've met, I met so many people who have said they're not people people. Like, if, if you ask me this question, a question, um, say, five, ten years ago, I would say um, I'm okay to be on an island without anybody. That's how that's the kind of person I used to be. But thank God for growth. I've actually learned, and we keep learning. And now, as my wife says, "Oh, I just love people." I didn't. That you just love having people around. Just love people. And it's a good thing. So you do also need people. Sometimes we don't realize that we need people in our lives, but we do. We do. Um, you understand that you were not created to live in isolation. You are not created to exist. In isolation, your purpose is isn't isn't isolated from people. You, you are either doing something with people, for people, you know, or to people. But you you are not created to live in isolation. Even in in Genesis, going from Genesis to to the book of Revelation, God always dealt people in groups: the children of Israel, the Egyptians, the tribe of even Israel. We now have tribes, so people, communities, you know. It's, it, it's, it's part of our culture, it's part of what makes us human, Being, having people to interact with, having people to grow with, it's just part of who we are, you know, and the only time we've, we've, we've not had people is when Adam was alone, and God said, no, for man to be alone, so here you go, so you need people, okay, and um, there, there are so many things that you cannot do without people, there are so many things that you cannot accomplish without people, but um, we'll go into that um, in detail now. So, against all odds, we've been talking about this. Um, this is the third week of against uh, of the series now, and um, we started off talking about looking at your spiritual growth. We will now move into um, finances, how you can make um, get, how you can grow your finances against all odds. And today we're talking about people. Now we're very deliberate about how uh, the 
the trans and how we moved from the topics. So today we're talking about people because yeah, you may have you may have grown spiritually, you may have finances, you may have your finances sorted out, but without people, it's empty. There's there's so little you can do with all of that. Your spiritual goods and the whatever funds or whatever heavy bank account that God has blessed you with, it's so, it's just so little you can do without people. You either you know you just need people around you, so people to bless, people to be blessed by. We're talking about three categories of people that you need against or odds. Now, there are so many categories really, but for the purpose of today, of what we're talking about, um, I've just broken that into three. Now, I'll start with people I call the seniors. Now, in fact, when I was writing this, I said just thought about body health. And you have the seniors, you have the juniors. So you have people who, who I call the seniors, the category of people who I call the seniors. Now, the seniors are not necessarily people who are older than you, but more, more often than not, they are. But it's kind of people who you look up to. People who have gone ahead of you in your field or in anything you want to accomplish. People who um, have achieved ahead of you. People who you learn from. So in this category, you have people like your pastors, your mentors, your bosses in the office, your business leaders, your, um, your parents, older siblings and the likes. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, so I said, I, I call the seniors. In layman's term, they are seniors because they senior you. I hope you guys understand that. So, now, um, why do we need this category of people? Because we need to learn. We need to glean off people. There's, there, there's, there's so much we can get from other people's experiences that will make us progress in life, that make us achieve the things we want to achieve in life. There's nothing new under the sun. So, if, what's that business you're trying to do? There's somebody who probably has done that same business. Or there's somebody who is experienced in running businesses that can give you that advice. Are you in a ministry? Are you trying to um, move your ministry forward? There are a lot of people in the ministry who, who have gone through what you, have going, what, what you are going through, or who may not have gone through what you are going through, but have the wisdom. Point is, point you need to understand that there are always people who are better than you. That's, that's, that's my point. There's, there's always somebody better or ahead of you. These are the category of what I call seniors. I want to look at an example in the Bible. Um, the story of Elisha and Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet in old Israel, and um, Elisha was, was, as they put it in the Bible, his servant. So Elisha was like his, the anointed one, the one to take over. Now, in 2 Kings 2, verse 9, now prior to this, you know, um, Elijah had anointed um, Elisha, God had told Elijah, Elijah to anoint Elisha as his um, person to take over from him. So he had, Elijah, Elijah had been walking with Elijah. Now, do you um, do you need to understand this thing that God didn't just call um, somebody out of the blues to be a prophet. There was always a, a passing of baton one way or somehow, one way or the other, from, even from, from, from Moses, because it started with Moses. Moses was the first, obviously. But from Moses you know, to Aaron, to Aaron's children, to Eliza, you know, there was always a pattern of the pattern somewhat. There was always a mentorship system. Look at Samuel, when God called Samuel. By the time God called Samuel, God was already upset with Eli. So God had already moved that, um, because then, the way, the way it um, worked then was your children would take over, so the children of the priest would take over the priesthood and, um, and continuously like that. But, you know, because God, God, wasn't, God wasn't happy with Eli, he went and called Samuel. However, Samuel still had to learn under someone, 
Samosi had to learn under a senior as I'm praising it right now. So we all need that senior, we all need that person who would help us, who will bring out the best of us. This, this comes someone who will encourage you, who will bring out your best, who will, who will push you, who, 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 who you respect, who you look up to, who will help you get the best version of you possible. So back to Elijah and Elisha's story. Now, um, after God called um, Elisha, um, Elisha had been working with Elijah, you know, now, this was around the time when Eli- Elijah was taken up to heaven. So, for some reason, there must have been an angelic announcement because everybody seemed to know, right? Now, in 2 Kings 2, verse 9, just before, El- um, Elijah, just before Elijah was taken up to heaven, um, he asked Elisha in verse 9. Verse 9 says, There, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what you want me to do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha said, let me receive the share of your power that will make me your successor. I'm, I'm reading the um, Good News translation. So my translation says, let me receive a double portion of your anointing, of the power. So, you know, this shows to me that there was something to be gained from this relationship. You understand? As much as El- Elisha had been learning from him, had been um, getting from him, when Elijah, and you know, this was like the last request. Just, just imagine someone who you know, a parent or a friend, and he says, oh, I have 10 minutes to live. After this, I'm going to heaven. What's the one thing you want me to do for you? You know, Elijah, because he was there for the, he didn't, he didn't misplace priority. He didn't say, oh, Elijah is my guy, Elijah is my friend. No, he knew what he wanted from Elijah, which was the double portion of the, of, of, of the anointing that Elijah had, because that was the office, that was the ministry he was following. And the Bible makes us understand that he performed two times the number of miracles that Elijah performed. So your, your senior isn't necessarily your friend. It can be, but it isn't necessarily your friend. Because when you start looking at the person as your friend, there's the tendency you lose the value of the senior, just for emphasis, the senior junior relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, pastorship relationship. You understand? The, lead, the leader and the led relationship. Yeah, we have business, we have very people who we can learn from, who we can glean from. So always always remember that these people, they are not necessarily your friends. And you can learn from them directly or indirectly. So, I mean, you may have people who you learn from indirectly, maybe by reading their books, by watching them online, because they have direct access. Other people you have, may have direct access. But you need this category of people because a lot of times, moving from point A to point B, yes, the grace of God is there, but that grace of God will all always or not always but a lot of times directly through people to get the best out of you to, to help you okay second category i already mentioned are the juniors now who are the juniors in the case of i read earlier elisha and elijah elisha was a junior a junior is a person who who you pass knowledge to a junior is a person who you pass skills to a junior is a person who looks up to you for encouragement for advice for information, the person who learns from you. One lovely example I love from the Bible is the um, is the example of um, Timothy and Paul. You know, Timothy, well, Paul called Timothy my, my son. So I mean, that's how that's how um, Paul saw Timothy. And P- Timothy was a very young young man when he became a leader in the church. So he he looked up to Paul to learn a lot. First Timothy and Second Timothy read letters that. Paul wrote directly to Timothy. And to understand that the other, um, the other um, 
letters that we have, Ephesians, Philippians, they're written to churches, like not one person. But the relationship, why I love the relationship between Paul and, and Timothy, and what makes it stand out for me is the fact that it's, I mean, you could see that there was, as, as interested as Timothy was in learning from Paul, Paul was interested in pouring out to Timothy also. So in 1 Timothy 1 verse 2, um, Paul's calls, Paul says to Timothy, To Timothy, my true son in faith, may God the Father and Christ Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Basically, I'm, the, my true son in faith is what I'm he- heading to. So Timothy didn't, um, he understood the relationship he had with Paul. He understood that Paul was there to mentor him, to teach him, to guide him in the work of the ministry. And that's, and that's what, that what the relationship was all about. So in your life, you probably have people who are there for you to pass and pour yourself on, pour yourself to, through, on, you know, transfer that skill, transfer them, because you can't die an island. So there are, there are, you, you have people who are there to learn from you, who look up to you. That's, those are the juniors. Now, why do you need those category of people? Now, first of all, as you, 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 um, you need the seniors so you can learn, so you can download, but you also need to people who you are downloading to. Because that's what that's the beauty of life. Knowledge is passed from one um, to the other and from generation to generation. So you need people who you are blessing, who you are transferring this knowledge and skills to, who you are influencing to be better. And as a child of God, you know that your work in this world is to be salt in this earth, to to preach the gospel of Christ from the ends of the earth, you know, as as far as far reaching as possible. So you can't do that sitting in the comfort of your house and just looking up in the ceiling and just speaking in tongues. No, you need to reach out there. And if you, I mean, by the time you are, uh, you've lived a long life, you've done God's work. Who are you handing over to? Who is taking over that mantle? Okay. Now, the third category of people that we need are people who are called your peers, obviously. Now, your peers are people who are on your level, people who are um, your companions, you know, people who you can be friends with, you can be free with. Now, you look at the senior category and the junior category, it's not uh, at first glance a one of friendship, it's one of impacting, either you are learning from or teaching. Now, your peers, you can obviously you can teach and learn and from your peers, but the, 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 the mode of this category is basically more about friendship and companionship. You know, iron, they say iron sharpening iron, people who you 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 guys, it's not it's healthy, we call it healthy competition. So people who you know they're they doing well, you also want to do well. You know, you're sharpening yourself, measuring yourself off the other person to see how well you're doing in your life. You know, I remember when I joined um, when I first uh, my second employment. You know, because it's the consulting firm, we call it a school because you have a diff- you, at your set there are quite a number of people at your set, and you know you go on different engagements. You know, so. You are always, always interested in how the other person is doing because you can learn from the person, but you're also measuring to say, okay, well, you're, you're on track to make sure that you don't fall behind. So that's it's 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 a relationship that's supposed to spoil you into greatness, spoil you into better things, and that's where you have your confidence. That's where you have the people you share things with, people who you grow with. I mean, I have a, I have a circle of friends I would I would I won't trade for anything in this world, you know. And that's who, who we have, you know, we've been friends for quite a number of years now. We understand each other. We share things, you know. I will, I mean. Whenever I see any of them doing well, it spurs me to want to do better. You understand? Not in a, not in a. Oh, I want to be better, richer than this person. No, but everybody interested in everybody's growth. Even um, I mean, everybody wants everybody to go up. Everybody wants everybody to grow and be better together. We all need that kind of encouragement in our life. Now, these three categories of people, 
you need them in your life against all odds now because it's very easy for you to say oh I, i'm not good with talking I'm not, I'm not good with talking with people i don't get along well with people um i'm not a people person my temperament doesn't allow me i'm a flag i like just being in my house by myself with my in my own space you know <laughs> you need these people you need people in your life that's you need to understand that and you need people to accomplish a lot of things you want to accomplish in your life some goals that you that you have personally in your life that you cannot accomplish without people that's just a fact there's no two way about it. you need people I mean, there are a lot of people that have helped in, 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 in my lifetime or in, in my this short um, years I've stayed. And I, I see those people reaching out to help others, and I'm inspired. And there are people that are also helping me, who I also learn from. It's just, it's, it's, as Lion King will say, call it, it's a circle of life. You know, it has to keep, it has to keep moving. So against all odds, against all odds, you need these people. You need these people in your life because you cannot remain where you are. The whole aim of this is to ensure that you move from point A, which is where you are now, to point B, which is the place of victory, which is the place of success, which is the place of better. The place of better is where you are better than, I mean, the place where you, you improve. Now, the, um, the odds that you need to overcome as, as a human being or as a child of God, personal pride. Personal pride is when you feel they are too big for your shoes, you you, when you feel you don't need people or you don't need to learn from people or what can this one teach me? You know, you hear this kind of thing, you know, it's beef, it's beef. Don't don't beef. Don't beef. Learn. The person may be younger than you. A senior may be younger than you in age, mind you. And, and, and chip that in. A senior may be younger than you in age. Don't say, ah, this one, when they born this one, when they born up. I, I was I was in secondary school when they born up. You should be ashamed of yourself instead of saying all those things. You know, but my point is that don't discriminate. Don't let personal pride come in the way of your success or you are, you are accomplishing things. Okay, um, so like, cause I, I started my career at a very young age, or for me it wasn't young, but everybody says it was young, so I'm fine, no problem, you understand? So I've worked with a lot of people who are way, significantly younger than I am, people who, probably, who report to me, and I have seen like so many times when sometimes they want to, you know, they feel, oh, this guy is a young person, they look at me and say, this small boy, and some people even think I'm younger than I, I am, so I mean, some people have legit take me five, six years of my age because of my face, because I look young, you know. And they try to, they tend to want to treat me based on how I look. Meanwhile, there's a lot they can learn from me and gain from me. You understand? In, also, obviously, I've also met people who have also been very open and have learned a lot. My point is, don't miss the opportunity because of pride, because you, you have beards and the person you're supposed to be learning from is, doesn't look like he has grown one strand of hair. Don't let personal pride come in the way of your progress, your personal pride. I mentioned earlier temperament. Temperament in, in a large way can affect you. But one thing you should know, know about temperament is that temperament, it, it describes you, it doesn't define you in a box. So it's not something you say, oh, this is how I am, you stay there. No, if you feel like you're not the outgoing person, if I tell you I'm not the outgoing person, I'm sure you will not believe me. But you, are, you need to learn. You need to move, you need to move forward, you need to move out of your comfort zone. That is it. You need to move out of your comfort zone. So, you feel like your temperament is you're one of the temperaments that like to isolate yourself. Man, you, you, the idea of temperament so that you can know how you are, so that you, they need to change, you can change and adjust. That's the, that's the idea. Um, the other point I want to um, say is um, esteem issues. You may have a low self-esteem. You, know, you may genuinely feel that everybody is better off than you. Please, you're a child of God. God loves you. God did not create you head to toe and says he knows the number of your hair the hair in your head so that you cannot believe in yourself 
it, it, it goes against the print, everything everything that God has said about you. It goes against even the first thing God has God said about us. Let us make man in our own image and likeness. Do you think God in his awesomeness and all his glory has low self-esteem? You are made in the image and likeness of God. Always remember that. So don't let esteem come in the way of you um, getting the best people around you. And uh, the other point I want to say is, seeming shortcomings or disappointed. You may have you disappointed in life. Most likely, probably, you may, you may have um, been disappointed by a lot of things. You may look at life and say, look at, look at how, where I am now. I, I could have been this, I could have been that. That shouldn't stop you. That couldn't, that, because when you dwell and swim in that world, what happens, is, what follows is envy. And when you envy, you, you cannot make progress if you envy people. So you let it go. Always look forward to tomorrow. Always look, always look, look at the next, look at what, what you want to accomplish. Paul said forgetting the past and focusing on the, on the future, focusing on, on the next thing. That should be your mantra. So in, in, in this series, we're going to say against all odds. These are the things that you need to, you, you need to clear away. That things that you need to push away. These are the obstacles you need to climb across so that you can accomplish your goals. And you need to accomplish your people goals. Because if you sit down carefully and look at God's plan for your life, it's tied around people. So if one way or the other, you need to be a people person. One way or the other. Some, some, while we understand that some, some people are more people oriented than others. It doesn't, you cannot be on the extreme out of the scale, in fact. You understand? You have to be a people person. You have to love people. You need to be able to reach people. You need to be able to reach people that you, that you need to help you to take you to the next level. These are the seniors. You need to reach people who are your level, who will encourage you. Who can, who you can, who I say, iron sharpening iron. These are your pets. These are your pets. I need to go to reach people who you can bless, who you can be a blessing to, who you can pour out the, the, the things that God has deposited in you. So remember, remember, remember to always look to God to direct to, to those people that you need. God is one that created people, and God create, He has a blueprint for your life and everyone's life. So always look to God and let God direct your path. Let God lead you those people who would get the best out of you who will get the best out of you best out of abilities best out of what god has deposited in you they may be seniors they may be juniors and they may be pairs but i believe that god will give you wisdom i, I believe that god will give you understanding god will let you know what to do who to who to meet and who to be with at every single point in time god also they make you understand people who you shouldn't be around right now because the, um, as much as you need people, there are also people who will bring you down. There are also people who are not genuinely interested in your progress, who are around you, who you are not better off with. It doesn't matter how long you've been in those relationships, it doesn't matter how long you've been with those people, today is a good day to let go. And you will not die. And nobody will kill you. And nobody will beat you up. Okay? So I'm trusting God that um, you are going to, uh, you're going to overtake any obstacle, any odds that has been placed in your way, that you have by yourself planted in your vineyard in, that will stop you from getting the best out of the people God has placed around you. And I declare that that shall be your portion this week and the rest of the year in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for worshiping with us, for listening to the word. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Hey, citizens, service was awesome. So you can pay your tithes and offerings via bank transfers to the details displayed on your screen right now. Don't forget to tune in on Instagram every Saturday by 7 p.m. to watch TN Chills live. There's a devotional going on, 90 Days with Jesus. Don't forget to tune in and join the devotional 
follow our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at The Transformed Nation. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Transformed Nation. Hi guys, how are you doing? Good day. Nice to be here again. Hope you've enjoyed the series so far against all odds. We finally, finally come to the last day. And I know some, some of us are not happy about it, but you know, we, we always we move on to something, something else next month. But it's been an amazing time. It's been an amazing time of study. Um, throughout the past three weeks, we've done against all odds finances, against all odds spiritual growth, and against all odds people. And it's just been an amazing journey. It's interesting to see how against um, all odds, against all the things that life can throw at you, you can still accomplish your spiritual goals, you can still accomplish your financial goals, and you can still get the best out of people around you. And today we're talking about something very particular and very interesting to me, which is goals. And the interesting thing about goals is that the moment you set a goal, it's like all the odds just have, they just come out from their meeting and you know what, and they come to your, your camp. Because the goals that you set to achieve are things that you want to do. You have your reasons for setting those goals. So there will always be obstacles. And that's just, it seems that's just the way life is. So the question is, are we going to just lay down and just roll over to those odds? Or are we going to challenge those odds? So I'm, but basically today, I'm here to tell you that against all odds, you can achieve your goals. You can achieve everything you set out to achieve. So I'm going to start with defining goals. You know I love my definitions, right, T-Nation? So a goal is... Uh, is the object of a person's ambition, right? It's an aim or a desired result. Hmm. I, like, I like the object of an, a person's ambition. It, it personalizes it to someone, okay? So what is your ambition? What's that thing you set out to do and you set, you set out to accomplish? You know, um, I started off with playing the keyboard. Now, I set a goal for myself that I'm going to learn the keyboard. I gave myself a particular number, of, don't ask me, a particular number of months to, you know, and I've started learning a little, little by little, you know. And, you know, one thing that struck me about learn, learning this is as, as, as much as I am interested in it, as much as I've always wanted to do it or admire people that do it, learning is a different ballgame entirely because there are so many things that are placed against it. So for any, any, any music person out there, they'll tell you that to learn this, you need time. So you need to dedicate time to rehearse, to practice, you know. And all of a sudden, as much as I was interested in this, you know, I've done the investment, I've bought the keyboard, set it up, everything. I've, you know, gone online to see um, how I can learn. I've contacted people who come and teach me personally and all that. And I realized that, wait, oh, do I even have the time for this? You know, so it's, it has become a struggle, which is why I said earlier that the moment you set a goal, you know, all of a sudden, you just realize that things are, 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 are pushing back on those goals you've set. But today, by God's grace and in the name of Jesus Christ, against all odds, we will accomplish our goals. Amen. So, we consciously or unconsciously set goals every day. When you wake up in the morning, whether you like it or not, the laziest person sets a goal. In fact, being, being lazy is a goal. You can wake up in the morning and decide that, you know what, I'm not going to do anything today. Today, I don't feel like doing anything. As Bruno Mars would say, that is a goal. I mean, it's an ambition. It's something you want to achieve. If your object of your ambition is not to do anything, then it's a goal. 
So my point is, every single day, we actually do set these goals, but you may not be conscious about it. So there are deliberate goals you set out, goals you don't set deliberately, but you are always setting goals. Some you have, now, the, the, the magnitude of the goals you set is the magnitude of the odds that you will meet and, and the issues or the setbacks or the roadblocks that you will meet. So if you are setting a goal of, oh, I want to walk from my, my room to the living room and stay there till three o'clock, I mean, what will stop you except breeze? <laughs> no, but you know, but when you set um, higher goals, more productive goals, you find out that things come your way, and we'll, we'll just delve into a lot of those things. Now, goals are very important to us. You know why goals are important? Because they keep you going. They give you a target. Remember my definition? I said it's the object of a person's ambition. So it gives you something to keep aspiring towards. You know. Which is why I believe when God created heaven and earth, obviously God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful. God could have just created Adam and Eve and there would have been phone, mobile phones, there would have been cars already, there would have been roads, airplanes. You know, so I just sit, sit and I wonder, how do, how do people even think about it, you know, these things? But God gave Adam the barest, which is, we had trees, we had, just had the planet as it is. So there was something to aspire to. God has given him the directive to go replenish the earth, multiply. You know, God has given the, the, creative, um, the creative power to Adam because he was born of God. So now, from that time to now, I'm sure you, I mean, it goes without saying the different technological marvels, even from in our own lifetime. Because I know having a, having a mobile phone a few, a few short years ago was a big deal. Now it's everywhere. Children have, children have mobile phones. I mean, people are moving from mobile phones to more techie stuff. So, we, I mean, it, it keeps evolving. And all this came from trees. All this came from the, from the earth as it was. So the fact that we have something to keep striving towards, that what keeps pushing humanity forward, that what keeps moving us forward from point A to point B. Else, if we don't have those goals, we'll stagnate. Okay? Now, I've defined those goals. The odds that we're talking about are the chances of something happening. Now, these chances of you, um, the chances of you achieving those goals that you have set. Okay. Now, I'm sure you heard the phrase. What are the odds? What are the odds? So, now, what odds are usually stuck against the accomplishment of your goals? Um, I, I mean, I give an example of the keyboard, like you know, time and you know, just. Some, for some people, it's the resources. You know, a, a lot of things are stacked up in accomplishing your goals. But before we go into that, let's go into the Bible. So uh, there are so many examples of people in the Bible who have um, set goals for themselves, set goals for them, their nation, set goals for their ministries. And they did all they could to accomplish them. And they went through all odds. They went through all challenges and the likes. I'm going to start with my favorite character in the Bible, David. Now, we all know the story of David. Um, in First Samuel, after God had rejected um, Saul as king, God sent Samuel to anoint David as the next king. Now, we all know the second, or we may not all know, but the circumstance of David anointing is a different story for another day. Now, after David had been anointed and had killed Goliath, and he had got, I mean, Saul basically brought him to his employment in quotes, right? Now, the next thing, and then this was the part that um, Saul got jealous of David. Now, Saul now said, this is um, 1 Samuel 18, verse 17. He said, here is my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as your wife on the condition you serve me as a brave and loyal soldier and fight the Lord's battle. 
Now, the Bible makes understand that Saul was thinking that in this way, the Philistines will kill David and he will not have to do it himself. But at this point, Saul wanted to kill David because he was jealous of the anointing of God upon his life. Now, David, at that point, felt, oh, that, you know, um, this is too much of an honor for me, you know, and he, he, he kind of refused. Then that, that, that passed. Now, it now says in verse 20 that David, Saul's daughter, Michal, Michal, however it's pronounced, fell in love with David. And when Saul heard of it, he pleased her. He made the same proposition. And David said something. He said that um, it's a great honor to become the, um, the, the king's son-in-law and too great for someone poor and insignificant like me. He now demanded that Paul, um, Saul gives him, an up, gives him something to do, in quotes, an obstacle. He wanted to feel like he earned he earned that, um, the, 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 I say the glory and the razzmatazz of being the king's son-in-law, okay? And Saul eventually said, you know what, go and kill 50 Philistines. And bring the first kings of 50 Philistines for me. And David was elated. Now, Saul did this, set this um, target so that, if you notice how, how, how even with the first daughter, he wanted to put David at the forefront so that he would always be in the place of conflict with the Philistines, so there's an opportunity for him to die. That was the entire aim of this whole arranged marriage. So now, when, 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 when um, David now proposed that he does something, Saul sent him. Saul was hoping that he would get himself killed. David went, still bring doing 50, he brought 100, right? And that was an odd that David had to accomplish, to, to, um, had to overcome, to um, gets his goal. I know the, the, sometimes when we read the Bible story, we, 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 when we say and David went and killed, you think he just, oh, he just went and just carried gun and shot. No, he, he was fighting with sword. You know, it was, it, it's not, it wasn't, it was a big deal. And then the Philistines were the big bullies of Israelites. They were the big, big guns, you understand? So it wasn't, it wasn't a small feat. So that was an obstacle that he had to get, he had to um, climb through or pass through in order to get his that ambition of marrying Saul's daughter. Now, let me, let me look, um, talk from another example. We know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Now, let's, um, in the book of Mark chapter 5, verse 24, it tells the story of a woman who had had an issue, a 12-year issue of bleeding. Now, I particularly love this story because uh, I remember some time ago, we even did a dance about a lifeline, and it was so amazing, it touched so many lives. Now, I particularly love this story because it shows, it shows too many parts of the story, but most importantly, showed her determination to achieve those goals. Now, it said that she had been bleeding from, for 12 years and she had gone to all the doctors and all the med, um, everybody that, anybody that could possibly have treated her, and she had drained her entire resources. She had drained everything she had. So she had nothing but her hope. And she heard that Jesus was in town. And she told herself that, you know what, I must see this Jesus. The amazing thing is, if you've known what, the, what it means to bleed, it means that she was weakened, it means that she was, um, she was an outsider in society. Her having to navigate her way, and if you know anything about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was, was the main deal. So whenever Jesus Christ is in town, it's a crowd, you know. It's, it's, imagine all these crusades we go for, they say, oh, that this great man of God is in town, and everybody just goes, you know. And, so when I, just, when I just was in town, there was a crowd around him because everyone wants to, you can, you know, everyone wants to hear from him. Everyone, everyone was, I mean, people were hungry for the word of God there. Now, 
Imagine this woman, weakened, bloodied, messed up. She could, I mean, she could have decided that, you know, these odds are too great. I can never get healed. But instead, she decided, you know what, I must get to Jesus. And when she got there and saw the crowd, she, she said, to her, said to herself, even if, if only I can touch the hem of his garments, I know I will be healed. And she struggled through that. Because I, 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 I see it in the pictures there. So I tried to imagine how she would have struggled through the crowd. And since it was people, in that, people that probably knew of her, you know, she was unclean. So she wouldn't have gotten the best. And don't have said, oh, ah, this is my welcome. They are clear road for her. Mm-mm. They must have been pushing her away. They must have been pushing her back. They must have tried to stop her from moving, from touching them, you know. But she struggled and struggled and struggled and went through all those odds. She didn't give up. I'm sure she must have fallen down a couple of times. I'm sure maybe people would have stepped on her. People would have pushed her back. But she told herself that today I must touch Jesus. I must get that healing. And she touched. And, you know, so I don't think the faith in itself was just the touching of the garments. It was the process. It was that despite everything, despite and against all odds, she kept at it. She kept, she, she, was, she held firmly to that belief until she got there. And she, why did she even touch the garment? Why, why she, because it, it showed that it was really crowded. You understand? So that she could reach and she could just touch the helm of Jesus Christ's garment. And Jesus Christ testified that um, virtue had left him. She got her healing. She got her goal. She got her goal. She got the object of her ambition. What obstacles are we facing today? There are so many characters in the Bible. There's Paul. We know the story of Paul. Paul in the Bible. Paul, you know, if Paul, was, Paul wrote most of his um, gospels of um, the gospels in prison, in one prison or the other. It was, I mean, you know, I mean, Paul was was Paul was savage. I'm concerned. You know, Paul was one of the most rugged people for Christ. He was so convicted. He was, I was so set on the goal. You know, he, he, he didn't back down one bit. Before, uh, let us read about Paul. Philippians 3 verse 12, Paul says, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. This is somebody who wrote through to thoughts of the New Testament, saying that I don't claim th- that to have already succeeded or become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ had already won me to himself. Now, exactly, exactly why I said, so, of course, my friends, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. I run straight towards the goal, hmm. this goal word again, in order to win the prize, which is, the, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. Paul was driven. Nothing, nothing could stop Paul. Not prison, not um, all the obstacles he faced, not all the persecution he faced, not the times he the times he um, he was whipped even as a Roman citizen, nothing stopped, nothing derailed him. He kept at it. He kept his eyes on the goal. So today, what are the odds that you are facing? What are those challenges that you are facing in accomplishing your goals? One thing that really comes to my mind is procrastination and laziness. A lot of us, a lot of young people today, we deal with this. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next year. We'll do it next hour. I need to ask yourself. What are you pushing away that you can do now that will help you accomplish your goals? What's, what's that thing that you, you, you keep saying, oh, I will? I mean, I'm very guilty of this, if I, must, if I may say. I mean, I have some things I want to do. Even as much as I, I, I do now, I have some things I want to do, but I say, oh, maybe because of this, or I'm busy, or I'm whatever. But 
you know, as I'm saying, I know that I can, if I push myself, I can possibly do so. I'm, as much as I'm preaching to you, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching myself, I'm encouraging myself also. So what are those things that you want to do that you keep putting off for one reason or the other, especially in the case of procrastination and laziness? Second, um, um, another point here is people with opposite goals. So you want to achieve something, somebody wants to achieve the other thing, and it directly, um, it directly hits you. Now, um, it's a very... In, in the business world, this will be very popular because, I mean, no, no, nobody wants to be in a monopoly. So you have your own business, you want to accomplish this. Somebody else wants to accomplish something else or still wants, still wants to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So sometimes some of those obstacles would be other people and the goals that they set for themselves. Another thing, another, um, thing is life responsibilities. Life can throw you all sorts of curveballs, all sorts of things. And you may feel overwhelmed, you know, you may feel overwhelmed. And, uh, and a, lot of, a lot of these things, sometimes we don't even plan for this. So there are some unplanned on, on things, unplanned occurrences. Have you ever created a budget in a month and said, okay, I'm going to do so, so, and so with the money I earn? And by the time it's half the month, you see that you've not even done one third of the budget, but your, finance, your, your funds are gone and you didn't waste it. So some things that you didn't plan came up. Maybe the car broke down or you need to fix a generator or maybe you have to take a long trip that you're not planned for. These things keep happening. My point is this. As long as you have goals, you will always have things pushing back on those goals. You will always have obstacles. You will always have struggles, challenges. That's why it's a goal. In a football match, if, if, I mean, just imagine watching a football match and there's no goalkeeper and there's no defender. Everybody's just trying to score. So once you take the ball, okay, let's see if he can score. So, I mean, just imagine, just imagine a player, you take the ball, once you have the ball, everybody just sit down and cross their leg. Yeah, let's see if you can put the ball in. Oh, he can put the ball into the net, good, okay, next. You understand? It doesn't work that way. Once, you, once that ball gets to you, you become the target of every other person on the field. That's how goals are in reality. Once, so, once you want, and, 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 and onto that player, or until that player or the team can get the ball into the net, it's not, it doesn't count. So he has to do all he can. He has to learn tactics. He has to learn how to hold the ball, how to pass the ball, pressing. You know, that's why we have. That's why managers are paid so much now to think of. Okay, how can we move the ball? Tiki taka for ball. You know, so many things. How to get that ball into the net? Because without ball getting to the net, it doesn't count. Such is life. The moment you have your goals, things things will automatically push against you. But you need to overcome those things. You need to overcome those obstacles. The Bible tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In achieving those goals that you have set today, you may have set goals at the beginning of the year and you're looking at yourself, oh, and it's the half-year period, and like, oh my God, I've not accomplished any of, any of these things I set. You know, because some, uh, some of us try to take stock of our year, in, um, in June, which is a half year. And 2020 has taught us the... <laughs> 2020 has been amazing, the fact that almost all our plans have turned, thanks to you know, what I'm going on the past couple of months. You know, but you can still accomplish those goals. You can still make the mark that you have set. You can still hit that your ambition. Just trust in God. Keep your faith in God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Always remember to go back to God. That's the core of everything we've been saying through this, throughout this series. Always remember to go back to God because God is the one who can make a way where there seems to be no way. God is the one who is not affected by any situation you are going through. 
And even when you are going through those odds and those challenges, guess what? It's just there to make you stronger. It's just there to make you better. If, if, if you've ever tried to lose weight or if you've ever tried to gain muscles, you understand that you have, to, um, you have to do exercise, you have to jog, you have to run, do treadmills, lift weights, you know, lift, it's painful. You know, and for, if you're just starting, starting it, for instance, it, your body will ache you for days, you understand? But your body has to get used to it because as your muscles expand, there's pain. There's pain. And you know the phrase, no, no, no pain, no gain. But you have to gain. So all those obstacles that are being thrown your way, don't look at it like, oh, the world is against me. Oh, because, you know, people, I, I hear so many people just feel like, oh, is the world the world against me. Oh, devil is working on my behalf. Devil is on my matter. Uh-uh. You need to climb through those obstacles and come out stronger, come out as a winner. And don't forget that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There's no other power that can stand your way. There's no other thing. So look those obstacles in the eyes. Look those odds in the eyes. Look those challenges and Say to those challenges that I will overcome you. Say to yourself, I will not be discouraged. I will not, let, I will not be let down. I will not let myself down. That ambition that I have set for myself, the goal I have set for myself, for my family, for my love, for my business, for my career, for my talent, for the skills I want to get, I am I'm going to accomplish it. And so shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. I just pray for everyone listening and everyone watching in. I declare that God's grace shall be sufficient for you, that God's power shall move mightily in your life in the mighty name of Jesus to help you accomplish those goals, to help you leap through those obstacles, to help you overcome the challenges that are coming your way that will stop you from from accomplishing those plans that you have in the mighty name of Jesus. Those plans shall not fall to the ground in the mighty name of Jesus. You shall be victorious because you are already a victor in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hope you've been blessed by the series so far. We love to, we'll actually love to hear from you. If you have any feedback for us, if there's any um, testimony from the word and the series that's come for this month, you can reach us on our Instagram handles, which will be displayed on the screen right now. You can just send us a, send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. If you want us to pray for you, pray with you, or you just want to talk to people, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're a church transformation and we love to hear from you we'll love to be with you we'll love to be with you through these trying times and anyway that we can help you we'll love to be there thank you for joining us we look forward to seeing you stay stay blessed stay safe and remember you can accomplish all your goals in jesus name